0: We don't need to create viral videos. We're creating search-based content. So if your clients are searching for things, which I would imagine if we have a business, we're solving pains or problems for people. That's literally what a business (laughs) does. So there's things that people are searching for where you can show up and be The guide to help them.
1: Welcome to the Hustle Rebellion Show. We are on a mission to prove that being busy all the time does not always lead to success. We are business owners who are ready to stop wasting energy so we can be more productive. This podcast will give you the steps to stop hiding behind the hustle so you can start living the life you want. I'm your host, Heather Porter. Hello, hello. Welcome back to episode 47. Now, do you use video in your business to market your business? Have you ever? put video on YouTube? Do you have a YouTube strategy? You're going to want to tune in and listen to the rest of this episode because you're going to learn why video marketing is so incredibly powerful for your business. And as my next guest said, there's really no business that he's ever found that video does not work for. So my guest on this show is Justin Brown from Primal Video. And Justin is actually a Netflix featured producer and video marketing specialist. He helps entrepreneurs leverage the power of online video and scale their businesses. After over 20 years in professional video and top level credits on international film, documentaries, and extreme sport productions, Justin created the Primal Video YouTube channel. He's grown it to a seven-figure annual automated driven online business like so many of us would love, right? He's created this amazing business that he truly loves. And together with his brother, Mike, he now teaches their systems for creating quality videos, growing a targeted audience, which you'll learn about the importance of that coming up and monetizing your influence at his site, primalvideo.com. So I've been watching him for a really long time online and suddenly thought, why not have him on the show? So let's welcome Justin. All right, you guys, welcome to the show. I'm really excited about this guest, and you'll find out why. Justin, welcome. Thank you very much for having me on. (laughs) So, I Googled something, I don't know, it might have been four years ago. And I was just trying to find something out around probably the space of video. I think it was video gear from memory. I was looking for some gear and it's kind of looking for reviews and how to work it. And I came across Justin's video on YouTube. And ever since, I have been consuming their videos, their newsletter. And I'm now part of the membership that you've launched as well, because what you teach is so amazing and comes from a kind of a different angle around video marketing, but using it in a smart way for your business. So, We're gonna talk all the things, we're gonna talk a little bit about video, we're gonna get to know you and your business and what you're up to these days. And I always like to start with tips, tangible tips. So we're gonna start with three tips that you use in your business in those moments specifically of overwhelm or stress. And how do you get out of those moments? What are three tips that you use?
0: So I think the biggest thing, like if we break down what overwhelm is in the situation, it's normally a fear of taking action. It's a fear of the outcome, fear of not knowing. If we can nail the planning on something or do more research or more upfront work than we normally would, it's going to make the thing seem less daunting. So there'd be less overwhelm, less procrastination. So the first one is like in terms of creating content, I would say we want to research upfront. We want to know who the viewer is, we wanna know about the topic, we wanna to know like, based on what are the top things that people would type in to find this content, who it is we're actually speaking to. So having more information is gonna make us feel more relaxed and more ready to present, ready to, to help and to share but it's also going to create a better piece of content on the other side of it. And that can flow through in business as well. Like we want to make sure that we understand who our ideal clients and customers are, that we really understand their pains, problems, struggles, so that we can help them actually have success with that thing and overcome it instead of just giving them more stuff, more tasks to do. Like a good, successful client, a good, successful student is someone that has actually taken action and seen results, right? So everything really stems backwards from there. So the more research and upfront work we can do to get into their headspace for content, for clients, for students, it makes our job easier, but it also gives them more success.
1: Yeah, really good point. And actually, on that point, I wanted to talk a little bit about the space of content these days, because there's a lot... We have AI, people are bombarded with content. So I like what you said about being really, really, really specific around who your target market is and helping them. How do you do that when you know, you're know you creating videos?
0: Yeah, so there's two pieces. There's a piece of us knowing the industry and saying, hey, this is the stuff that people need to know. But those videos are generally hard of people to find, right? So people are back. They're going to Google and YouTube with a pain or a problem. Like, how do I fix this thing? Whereas you as the expert are probably thinking, well, if they just knew this thing, this would solve that for them. So a lot of people make the mistake that we did for a long time of talking about the solution. But people can't find the solution. They're over here looking for the problem. So we need to identify what is those problems? How are they articulating the pain problem? Like, what are they actually typing into Google or to YouTube? And then how do we show up for that to help them with that and introduce them to the solution? That was a really big shift for us. So then your question is, how do we find out what that is, is we do some basic keyword or topic research. And this is where I'd be doing this, not just for content creation. I'm doing this for product insights. I'm doing this for customer avatar insights. So we can, again, learn the pains, problems, struggles, but also the actual words that they're using to articulate their pain, problem, or struggle. And look, a really simple exercise place that anyone can go to do this is to Google or to YouTube. And you just start typing in a couple of different words about your product or about your niche or the content you want to create. And it pops up with that auto-suggestion box. I'm sure we've all seen it. It's like, did you mean, and there'll be like a list of 10 or 15 things. They're not random suggestions. They're things that people have and are actually looking for. And it's also the words that they're using or that they're clicking on to find that. So that's where we're coming up with topic ideas primarily knowing that these are things that people actually want and this is how they're searching for it or looking for it.
1: It's a very smart way of creating content. And I do this because I'm in the website space and I'm always saying like, find what the people want and develop the customer journey and the content around specifically how you're going to help them rather than just putting content out for content's sake and like going, oh, this is a great idea. This yeah. is creating video. I love that. So it's a really smart way of working. And what other tips do you have around that space of working a bit smarter, specifically in your business, to keep stress away?
0: Yeah, I think it's having clear boundaries Yeah, is another one, another obvious one when you hear these things. And <laughs> I, I always like the idea of it, but I was never really big on calendar blocking. I still just need to check my calendar, but I'm blocking <laughs> things out and making time for things. Like if we have these goals, even personal goals in our day, like, oh, I want to surf more, right? Let's put it yeah. in the calendar or it's not going to happen. So that's something that's an ever evolving thing from my side, but just having the systems and the processes and stuff to actually help us move towards the things that we want to do and allocating time and space for it, because we're always probably going to have a never ending to-do list, especially if we are in the entrepreneur or we are going our own business or whatever, like we can just fill our day doing stuff. But we're also on this journey to have the life that we want and we don't need to wait until whatever day that may never come to have it. Like we can have a great life now. So building this lifestyle, but having the boundaries in place to say, here's my day for calls. Here's my day for work. And here's this time for me. I think that's super important.
1: It's crazy how we forget that we're in control of our time, especially in those like high growth phases of business as well. Like we literally forget somehow. So you have to hold those commitments to yourself as much as you do with your clients, don't you? It's a crazy, and it's still a struggle for me because
0: we want to do so much. And again, we could just spend the whole day working on the business, in the business, like and then bringing in team and all of this stuff obviously is there to help you. But we can just fill our days really quick. So I think it's for me, what I do is on a Sunday afternoon is I'll just stop, take stock, look at my calendar for the week and go, okay, here's what I've got on. And here's my me time in here. But also, like, what are my non-negotiables? For me, I want to be able to drop the kids off at school, pick them up afterwards. So it means that my work time is in and around that, which is fine. Like it's, but it used to be, oh, I have to drop the kids at school. So I can't work as much. And it was a negative Mm -hmm. thing for me instead of, no, no, I get to drop the kids at school. I get to hang out with them before. I get to pick them up afterwards and see how excited they are to come home and tell me about their day and all that. I would miss that if I was blocked out or headphones on or on calls and stuff at that time. So yeah, I can make up the hours if I need to other places, other times, but it's building your non-negotiables and your boundaries as to what do you actually want your life to look like.
1: Very good. Now, do you have any last tips on that space on what you do around, you know, keeping stress at bay in your business?
0: I think it really is having that downtime away from work. I think where we have, I mean, you've all heard, we get the great idea in the shower or going for a swim or a walk on the beach or whatever. I think having that place, and this is why it's so important to go back to the previous one of boundaries to block this time out, but some of the biggest ideas and decisions and stuff we've made for our business have come from not being at work, not being doing work tasks, just being out in nature, walking on the beach, surfing, bushwalks, whatever, like that's to me is the place where that stuff really comes in. But it's again, making the space to go and do those things. Have you
1: found something similar? I'm very, very similar. So what you're saying to me, I used to have another business, an agency with a co-founder and I was literally stressed to the max, heart palpitations, wasn't sleeping well. I had no control of my time. And then with this business, time blocking, exactly as you say, I spend my Sunday, I have a thing where I say, yes, no, maybe. So I look at the week ahead and I go, what are absolute yeses, including the ones to myself, my self commitments. Knows I can move it, and then maybe well, <laughs> see if they can fit in. But I don't stress you I know, like too that. much about that. <laughs> yeah, it's a good. I like that. And this is
0: where it comes down to your inbox as well, right? So a lot of yes. people, they'll first thing is they'll check the social media, their inbox, or whatever, and you're just reacting to other people's stuff. It's like <laughs> my phone lives on silent. So there's a few like family, whatever, for calls that'll come through, but for everyone else, it's like. That's me reacting to them needing something from me at this time. Yeah. And what if I'm doing something else? So, yeah.
1: Speaking of inboxes, there's a good book I just read called Buy Back Your Time. Have you heard of that one?
0: I haven't. No, but it sounds like something that...
1: I literally have it on my desk. So for you guys watching the video, this is called Buy Back Your Time. Oh, Dan by Martell. Dan Martell. Yeah, yeah. It's all about managing your inbox. And I literally just this in the last two months, I now have my assistant actually checking all my emails, which... Took a lot of systems, a lot of trust, but it's like these pivotal moments to free yourself up. They're really important and it's well worth the time to build them into your business. (laughs) A hundred
0: percent. Like my inbox used to be the same. I was treating it like my to-do list, but then it was also getting all the promotion stuff from the YouTube channel and just (laughs) noise and crap going in. So yes, now we have built systems where people can go through and Move stuff, responders, the auto responders as well have been huge, but it's just to, yeah, buy back your time. I like
1: it. Yeah. It's good. It's a good concept. Hmm. So I want to know a little bit more about how you work. And we could do that through a case study, or you can talk through just how you work in general, but I always kind of like find when you think of an actual client in your brain and you go, this is where they were and this is where they ended up. And this is how I worked with them. That could be easy. So how do you work with people, Justin?
0: <laughs> yeah, so I'll give a little context. So for us with our business, the face of our business is our YouTube channel, yeah, which we passed 1.5 million subscribers a few weeks ago. Yay. So that's, <laughs> it's still a crazy thing for me. Those poor people wow. looking at my face on the other side of a camera. So it's still a weird thing for me. Wow. But what I like is the impact that we can have. Like you said, you found me through a Google search, right? That was us, again, looking at doing some research. What are people's pains, problems that we want to show up and help? And it'll be the same for anyone listening. Like there's things that your audience, your ideal customers, clients, students are searching for, are looking for. And how do we be the ones to show up for that? So the face of our business is the YouTube channel. Our goal is to show up to help to impact. We then can get people onto our email list where we can deepen that relationship. Again, a lot of this is automated because the videos, they show up and last for years. We have videos that are eight years old, still getting thousands of views a day with no extra work from us. So this is why we love YouTube, but I'm not here to sell you on that piece. (laughs) But for us, it's about its impact at scale, right? So we can help more people 24-7 with more of this strategic optimized content. So we then move the ones that are interested in more, the action takers, the people that want more from us through to the email list. And then we do have a digital course program, a membership site as well.
1: Yeah, amazing.
0: So in terms of how we work with people, it's not the traditional business in the sense where we really have clients, but we have the ability to show up and help and impact millions of people every month from YouTube then to deepen that relationship again through email. And we have people that might never end up in our course or program, but we're still able to help and impact them. So in terms of an example, though, there is a member in our program, Penny, who was hustling it out <laughs> on the content hamster wheel, yeah, posting day after day on Instagram and those sorts of things and not really seeing much traction. So she had some vanity metrics on there, but we're still working full time to keep it going. So what I like with the stuff that we teach and how we get to help people is it's more to help them build the lifestyle that they want, the life that they want from talking about and sharing about the things that they're interested in. Yeah. So for me, it's video, it's tech, it's the AI stuff now is awesome. I'm geeking out on that (laughs) massive. I have an IT degree, I have an IT background. I love this stuff. And I love that I get to just talk about this stuff on the YouTube channel and help people with their pains problems with it. So yeah, it didn't take long for Penny to really dial in and get strategic on who it was that her ideal audience is. And she started a brand new YouTube channel, grew it to over fifty thousand subscribers in just under a year. And It's not about the numbers. It's like, what is her life like now? So she's not taking one-on-one coaching clients at the gym anymore, running classes. She's now helping so many more people, having a lot more fun, making a lot more money, doing the stuff that she likes to do. So that's why we do it. We want to help people build the life that they want from having the conversations that they want. And YouTube is a great way to do that, but it's not the only way.
1: You said you started a new YouTube with her. Did she have an old YouTube channel?
0: She did. And she was
1: using it for client
0: videos, more like a video hosting platform. Uh, okay. So I totally get it. It was like, oh, here's a quick little video, quick little video. So no strategy behind it. Yeah. And a lot of unlisted videos and things like some course content and things that she had too. So I wouldn't want to preface. I wouldn't recommend that most people start again from a brand new channel. That's what I was asking, if yeah. you do have some videos and a channel, more than likely, that's going to be good enough for you to switch up, like to re-engage. Gotcha. But in this case, yeah, she made the call on that and started again.
1: So I want to talk a little bit more strategy around what she did or through your guidance to actually get these subscribers and change her lifestyle. What are some tips? What are some things that she did to start on this process? So
0: what we need to do is get clear on the viewer, who it is, and the viewer experience. And to grow on YouTube, there's really three things that we need to focus on. Like, we're going to really nail it down to three things that you need to do. You need to create content that shows up on the platform. And what I mean by that is, we want to do that research. We want to see what is it that people are searching for? What are they typing in? What's their pains, problems, struggles? As we've mentioned a few times, we really want to understand that piece. And then we want to be the one that shows up. So we do that by using the keywords, the phrases, and things we're using that in the title, we're using that in the description. I'm even saying that inside the video because YouTube is transcribing and listening to our videos. What are we actually saying in there? Because YouTube's goal is to get the right video in front of the right person at the right time. It's not just serving random stuff out. It wants the viewer to have a good experience. So we wanna do what we can to first create content that we know people want. So we're not just creating stuff and hope that it works. But also we want to provide information with that content so that YouTube can understand what it's about and who it's for. So that's the first thing. We need to create strategic content that can show up on the platform.
1: And how long are those videos as well? Or is there a preference? Good question.
0: Look, I wish I was a time. Seven minutes 42 is the best time for a video, but it's got to be as long as it needs to be and no longer. So if it takes you five minutes to cover a topic to the detail that you want to or the detail that your viewer would expect to fully understand or grasp a concept, then make it five minutes. If it's 20 minutes, make it 20 minutes. The longest video we have on our channel is about 35 minutes and it's got a few million views. So you can definitely create longer content, but it's also the topic of that video. It was an editing tutorial, right? So people's mental buy-in clicking on a video, they're okay with it being a longer video because they feel like they're going to need to watch longer to be able to have the outcome at the end, to be able to edit in this software. If it's something that they think should only be a quick thing, like how to upload a YouTube video, and they saw a 20 minute video, they might not click on that because oh, it's probably only a two minute task, right? Or less. So it's gotta be in context, but the quick answer is make your videos as long as they need to be to give your viewers everything that they need but don't make it any longer. Don't drag it out longer because you hear some of these YouTube experts say, you've got to create longer videos for watch time, for session time. I mean, that's only a very small piece of it and you're going to be very well uh, misled that way. So we want to treat the viewer a good experience. We'll give them a good experience. Excellent. So we need to show up as number one. We then need to get ours clicked on. Yeah. Even if you're showing up in the top spots on search, What if no one's clicking on it? They're not going to see your video, right? So the thumbnail strategy, super important. I hate making thumbnail images. I feel like an idiot. I'm just pointing, smiling, pulling silly faces. I wish that it didn't work that way. I wish that those thumbnail images didn't get clicked as much because we're, we're trying testing. And this is where I say for anyone, like it's always... Your goal is not to compete against others. It's you're competing against yourself. Like how do we keep people engaged longer in the video? How do we get our thumbnail images clicked more? Like what are other people doing in their thumbnail images that are showing up around our video? And what could we do to make ours stand out and get clicked more? Because world's best video, no one clicks it. No one's going to see it.
1: Mm, So thumbnails, very, very important. How often should you be posting a video as well?
0: Yeah, I think it's not a case of more
1: content, more
0: results. There's people that post daily and see next to no results, right? So it's, again, been strategic for us. What works for us is one video a week. But some people will be freaking out hearing that, thinking, there's no way I can do a video a week. Look, some of the biggest channels post a couple of times a month or once a month. Some only post a couple of times a year. So you can have success with any of them as long as it, again, is a good piece of content, good experience, and that the viewers like it. So For us, what we found works best is one video a week, but totally get for some videos, especially if you're making something, crafting or anything, it'll take longer to do those things. So if it's one every other week, not a problem, but being consistent does make it easier for you to grow because your audience, you're building that viewer behavior that, hey, there's another video dropping around this time. So they'll look out for it. So we can help train the algorithm and your viewers to keep checking back in.
1: Hey, Hustle Rebels. Did you know this podcast is brought to you by Website Love? That's my business. To help you cut back on the busyness in your business, a good place to start is to get your foundations right. I have two gifts for you to help you get your website working better. Watch the video masterclass, Six Things Your Website Needs to Get More Customers, or download the Ultimate Checklist, a 14-step plan to patch the leaks on your website. Just visit hustlerebellion.com now and scroll down to get access. So now I want to change gears around actually videos and if you don't like being on video, because I know you were saying when we were having a conversation that at the start, you didn't like to be on video. so. For somebody that's listening to this, they know they need to be doing some content out there. What would you say to them if they're literally like, Justin, seriously, I don't want to be on video. I shouldn't be on video.
0: Cool. So just before we get to that, <laughs> yeah. I just don't want to leave everyone hanging. I said there was three things. Of course, yes, keep so going. If I just give them the third one and really quick, yeah, yeah, yeah. then I'll lead straight Absolutely. into that. because Go that that is, That's a good one. Yeah, I used to hate having my photo taken, let <laughs> alone being on video. Yeah, yeah. But the third area, so after we've got strategic content, we've got them clicking the thumbnail image, we then need to focus again on that viewer experience. What can we do to keep them watching? If they're leaving straight away, YouTube's going to say, hey, I don't care if you nailed the title the thumbnail. This video isn't good for that viewer. So we need to then be strategic with how we're actually delivering the information. To your question, this is where we don't want to pad them out unnecessarily, make them short, sharp, or to the point, as long as they need to be and no longer. But our goal then is to keep people watching. So yes, my tips for being on camera, look, it's been a growth journey for sure. This still pushes comfort zones. I'm never like, yes, it's filming day. <laughs> I like the outcome of making the videos more than the process of making the videos. Yeah. Right, so I like the impact that we can have. I like seeing the comments come through. Thank you, you helped me make my first video or whatever it is, I like seeing people take action from it. So that's, that's what drives me. So then it's like, okay, if we're doing this thing, then I need to get better. I need to progress. And what are the things that we can look at? And we're always going to be our own worst critic. So if you're starting out, you probably hate the way you look, sounds come across on camera. Look, you've got to get past that. So practice does make perfect. I wish I had a better answer. But live streaming is one of the fastest ways that you'll get comfortable as well. Ooh, I'm sure there's people that are freaking out with that too. You can go live on Facebook or YouTube just to yourself like as an unlisted or a private thing, just go through the motions of talking and just describing your day or answering a frequently asked question that you would have from one of your clients or students. Just get used to that piece. But also on the video side of things, editing is there for a reason. It's there to remove all the bad stuff. And I think people would still be surprised if they knew, I think we're at 580 videos on our channel, still how much editing goes into them to remove all of my mistakes and bad takes still today. So. It's there for a reason. Just do the best you can. There's tools and things to help like teleprompters, or again, it comes back to that planning of, of having a clear guideline of what it is you're going to say. But I think there's this misconception of people just pressing record and winging it and creating a good video. I think I've met one person in my life that has done that. But even then, we could have made it better with some editing like just tightened up some things. So take that pressure off yourself. We're not born with this. This is a skill that can be learned. And yeah, if you want a good laugh, go and check out the early videos on our channel where I didn't blink and no energy or anything Excellent. like that. So yeah. How about you? Like you're on camera now. Have yeah. you, how have you found this experience?
1: Yeah, I love that you're asking that question too. Yeah, I think like you at the beginning, I just, I just did it. I didn't want to, I didn't, I just did it. I've been doing videos for a really long time and now I just, I guess my big tip is I don't watch it back. Okay, So I'm kind of at that point too. We have editors now. That's all I do. I give it to an editor and I'm like, I don't want to watch myself on video. But yeah, I think the biggest thing I've learned over the years is just to understand who you are, your personality and bring your personality. Like it's just, just be yourself, you know? Like if you're quirky, be quirky. I think that's my main thing over the years. But no, it's a good question. Are there any businesses that video marketing would not work for? I haven't found any
0: where it wouldn't work for. The only one I would say the more difficult ones is if you're a musician. Yeah. That is a harder game because people aren't necessarily searching. Like we're looking at organic traffic, right? We're trying people to find you and discover you. YouTube is a good place for that, but it's a viral video strategy. Yeah. Which is harder, right? You're going to try to hope that the video goes viral. So in terms of businesses, no. Think about this. Do your clients, are they searching for anything? I keep coming back to the search piece because it's really the low hanging fruit. We don't need to create viral videos. We're creating search-based content. So if your clients are searching for things, which I would imagine if we have a business, we're solving pains or problems for people. That's literally what a business (laughs) does. So there's things that people are searching for where you can show up and be the guide to help them. Now, There's two types of videos you could create. One of them will be saying, hey, here's why you need my product or service. They're more like a salesy kind of video. Or the other will be helping with a related pain or problem where you can show up and help and you could introduce them to your product, but maybe not as the only solution. So it's not feeling like it's just, I'm only going to learn about this one product or this one thing, one strategy, because that's what this business does. The ones that are really successful will have kind of a broader approach to it. I'm going to help you solve this problem. And we happen to do this too, but it's not a sell. That I found is so much more successful because it has more reach globally. Even if you're a brick and mortar business locally, you can still have big traction online with that, which will build your local presence through things like Google Maps, Google Local Listings as well, because Google owns YouTube. They're all tied together. It can help in that way too. But the other side of it too is, there's probably other revenue streams that you could bring into your business off the back of having content out there that aren't relying on people actually signing up for your services. So the biggest piece of revenue for us in our business is not people signing up for our membership; it's actually affiliate revenue. Uh huh. So when I mention here's the top five microphones that I recommend, again, it's just my thoughts and opinions. Yep. They don't have to be the same as your top five microphones. It's just mine, and they'll be affiliate links if there are links for it. So. We have people that watch videos like that and, and the comments are great because they'll say, thank you, I just bought microphone number one or number two was amazing, I just got that one. So again, we're taking that value-based approach of how do we help people, but we're able to also generate revenue off the back of it as well. So there's opportunities there for businesses to be generating revenue. I mean, there's YouTube ad revenue and, and those sorts of things as well, but to be helping their people, their customers, maybe before they're even customers or after they've been a customer. So with a lot of businesses, we have a start point and an end point. Like what we're offering to the customer is a transformation in the middle, right? So there's the thing that they want that they're coming to us for. And there's a thing like when we've delivered this, that they've reached that outcome, that they could move on, right? So what about other related products and services that are before they get to us, that's gonna make them a better client for us? or after us, that's going to take them to the next level. And maybe there's some affiliate opportunities and things that you could do, referral fees and stuff that sit on either side of that. So that's what I like about this is not just getting people in the door. Yes, you can definitely do that for a business, but you can also help so many more people that you probably wouldn't be able to reach and help otherwise, but also other revenue streams as well.
1: That's really interesting to hear that there's a lot of where your monetization comes from is affiliate links. Do you also monetize through ads on your videos as well?
0: We do. So there's three ways that we make money is YouTube ads, the affiliate stuff, and our digital product. So this is where, I mean, there's so many different ways that we could make money from this. And for any one of us, be okay with leaving money on the table. We don't have to fill up all the leaky buckets. But for us, we chose not to do branded content, sponsored content. I personally don't like if I'm watching a video say, a microphone review, and then someone says, hey, this video is actually sponsored by the company that makes the microphone. Like, to me, credibility's gone. Whether it is or not, whether the good and bad are still there, there's the doubt in your mind that they're holding back something. So we don't want that in our content. Yeah. Yes, we could be making a lot more money if we were doing that, but we still have a seven-figure business keeping it the way that we want. Wow! So what I would say to people is you don't need to do everything, work out what it is that you want to do and how you want to show up, how you want to be seen, what are your non-negotiables and your boundaries and things that we touched on at the start. And you can build the business that you want from this.
1: Absolutely, just like you have. So if people are listening and they are very keen and interested in learning about your membership, your digital product and everything that you do, where do they go and learn more?
0: So our program is called Primal Video Accelerator. And really it's the deep dive into the more advanced stuff that we cover on our YouTube channel. So a good place to start would be our YouTube channel and to see that, you know, how we can help you with the video creation, then getting views on it through to then the monetization. Those are really the three pillars. And then inside our programs where we dive deeper into that and share the advanced like email marketing strategies that we have to help us increase our reach, to help us grow our YouTube channel and affiliate marketing and all of that stuff. Yeah, so it's called Primal Video Accelerator.
1: Guys, that is what I'm a member of. I highly recommend it. I'm busy as a business owner, so I actually have a team member. I just actually just tell her to go do stuff from the membership.
0: Awesome. There's nothing wrong with that.
1: It's so cool. And I already have a YouTube channel. So guys, how I'm using it is I literally am going through the program to restructure, make everything better, and then have more of a strategy going ahead. And it's just so like to the point, easy to follow. And you can tell if you're watching this video on YouTube, you can see Justin's vibe and also probably hear it in your earbuds. But yeah, it's highly recommended. And no, I'm not an affiliate.
0: Well, thank you very much. That's so awesome to hear. And this is where like... For us, we just love hanging out with cool people doing cool stuff. So like (laughs) this is a great example. Yeah. So for your channel then, have you started to see leads and traffic and stuff and impact and comments and things coming through? And how's that reaction from your side of it?
1: Yeah, like some small changes are starting to happen. I'm just now developing the plan and starting to action things. But like just even going from no reactions on videos to starting to get reactions and then a comment here and there. I mean, that from crickets to actually seeing some engagement picking up, it's those little moments where, you know, your little tweaks are making a big difference. So yeah, that's really cool. And that's
0: really what it's about. It's like the small tweaks over time. Yeah. So I think the biggest piece with YouTube or the biggest misconception is people will post a video on Facebook and they might get a few thousand views. Yet they'll post the same piece of content on YouTube, knowing that it can perform and it might be crickets, right? So we've got to remember that YouTube is a search engine. On Facebook, they're scrolling past stuff and it's randomly dropping stuff in, which means that you could get a view relatively easy, but Facebook tracks a view different to YouTube, right? You just scroll past as a view. So this is where in context of looking at YouTube and video content you're putting there as an asset, Like we want to build a library of optimized ranking content over time. And this is where having a strategy to do that can be super powerful for your business.
1: Absolutely agree. And that is exactly what I'm focused on next because I was just going scattergun. So guys, you need the strategy. As we start to wrap up, Justin, is there any last comments that you'd like to tell people around building a business that they truly, truly love?
0: I think you're going to learn what you love by doing, right? So a lot of people want to have all their ducks in a row. They want to have everything figured out. They want to have their 10-year plan in place. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I am yet to see a business that hasn't pivoted, adjusted, evolved as they go. And the easiest way to figure out what other things that you love is to start doing stuff and then work out, hey, this worked for really well. I enjoyed this or, you know, the clients love this, but I hey, took too much of my time. So have the ability to shift and adjust to work out where that Harmony is where I can help people and they can have the outcome, the impact, whatever, but it's lighting you up too. It only comes by trying different things. So for us, like nothing's off limits. We'll try whatever. If it's kind of in line with our values, we'll try whatever, but it's a lesson. It's just, we're just learning stuff. We're just testing and figuring out what works because you could have success with any type of business, right? So you get to choose how you're showing up, how much value you're adding, how much of your time, the boundaries and things come in, but it really comes down to starting. Mm. And this is where you don't need to have it all figured out yet. You're gonna fall over a few times, but know that if it was easy, everyone would do it. And I'm not saying that to scare you or to be a cliche thing, right? It does take time, it does take commitment, but we wanna be focusing on those things like blocking out time to have fun along the way because the game really is the journey. It's the day-to-day stuff. Don't wait for the pot of gold at the end. You could be having fun along the whole time.
1: So well said. So guys, you will need to go over to the show notes, hustlerebellion.com. Please go check out the show notes. Go to Justin's YouTube channel. If you are loving what you're learning and you really want to dive deeper, I highly recommend his membership as well. And that's it for this episode. Thanks, you guys, for tuning in. Thank you, Justin, so much for being here as well.
0: Amazing. Thank you very much for having me on.
1: Hey, Hustle Rebels. If you enjoyed tuning in, you have to check out hustlerebellion.com. It's where you get access to the special resources mentioned in these episodes and can watch the video versions. If this episode gave you a few tips to help you run your business better so you can live a more joyful life, please rate and review it and pass it along to a fellow business owner. As always, thank you for your support.